Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome into the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I pushed the record button before Keith was quite ready. Sorry about uh, that, buddy. Uh, no, nah, it all works. Let's show. do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yes, we will talk about anything that you want to talk about in this show because it's our show. And All right. No, I was... make step up as we go. We had that comment um, uh, asking about if playing in mile high could be what's part of what's hurting Russ. Um, after our last show, when we talked, you know, about how Russ is doing now that he's um, in Denver, and um, you know, I was wondering if you wanted to um, to approach uh, the physics of that topic because it's less interesting than um, you made it sound in your response. So, <laughs> well, we did have a question pop up. Um, yeah. yeah, we can talk. We can talk about that. <laughs> I think uh, ultimately, I think the answer is no. Um, because yes, the air is thinner. That's why you see pitchers that do well outside of um, uh, Denver suck in Denver, and hitters that are great in Denver have a much harder time outside because the air is thinner. And so there's a lot of physics involved in that. Um, <clears throat> you're going to see kickers be able to kick the ball longer and all of that, um, which sounds like I should be saying yes, that that might be a, a thing. The difference comes into these are touch throws. These aren't maximum velocity throws um and you have to adapt for that in every game because in every game the you know the wind is different the conditions are different and if you can throw the ball at sea level and then throw the ball in texas and deal with the different wind conditions especially when you got wind in your face one half one quarter and then it's at your back the next and you adapt to that adapting to the thinner air on these touch passes it's nothing um and uh, you can look at that as like when they have golf events um, up there in that area. Um, yeah, everyone gets 10 free yards on their their drive, um, which is nice for everyone. But then, you know, it doesn't take much for them to adjust to the, you know, the distance issues with their short irons when they're hitting those approach shots and you're swinging at three quarter velocity and it's all you know, all touch shots, those still land where you want them to, they still roll where you want them to, and the thin air doesn't affect that. So I really think it's, it's in that range that no, the, the mile high air is not to blame for uh, the struggles of one Russell Wilson so far this year. Interesting. Cool. Well, thanks for answering that question for our listener on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so today's show is today's show. the preview of the Cardinals visiting the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. It's the sixth game of the season. Both the Cardinals and the Seahawks are two and three heading into this game, uh, currently tied for last place in the NFC West. Which team so far, that, which two and three teams so far, Keith, just to start off with the general conversation, is the better team of these two? That is, a, that is not a, an easy question. Um... I would say Arizona's played the harder schedule and thus they might be the better team just based on that. Um, Seattle's had a pretty easy road with um, both Atlanta 
and well, Atlanta, Denver, and Detroit all on their schedule in these first five games. Um, and so I'd say that it might be Arizona from that, but Arizona's got some serious flaws. Um, this is not a complete team. This is not the team we saw um, the last couple of years come out of the gate, you know, eight and no and 10 and no. Um, they, this is a flawed team and they are going to, they are not the Arizona team that we're used to. Um, they're still- yeah, they've got a really uh, fairly poor defense and their offense is, has been poor so far. Uh, mm-hmm. And the offensive line hasn't improved any uh, over the course of the last year or two. And they just lost three of their starting running backs in this last game. They're going to have some struggles there, uh, finding somebody to carry the ball for them, uh, including just getting guys off the street, literally. And they've, only, come in. And they've, they've only got one wide receiver um, on the roster that of right. note. Right. Um, they're, and yeah, I mean, it just hasn't been, it hasn't been a good year for Arizona. They're definitely having a down year. They're, they're going to give Seattle a run for their money at finishing last in this division. Um, I, I would say that these teams are somewhat on equal footing only because of that strength of schedule that you'd mentioned. Um, they, mm-hmm. they went to, and uh, their first game was against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at home. And I went to that game and it was crushed. awful. It was awful. Yeah, they just didn't look like a, a professional football team, and Kansas City walked in there and just basically did anything that they wanted to do on offense. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns in that game. Kelsey had well over a hundred yards and ten or eleven receptions, et cetera. I mean, it was just a bloodbath. And and really, the Cardinals. It was forty-four to twenty-one. The Cardinals scored late uh, a couple different times uh, just because uh, it, it was irrelevant. Um, and then they, they faced the Raiders. They beat the Raiders, actually. And then uh, they lost to the Rams. They uh, won against the Panthers. And then they lost last week against the Eagles. And they had a chance uh, with a last-second field goal to tie that game uh, 20 apiece. And they missed that kick. And they went down to defeat. So they come into uh, Seattle kind of hungry, I would imagine. Expectations were high on them this year. Uh, I live here in the desert now, and um, there was certainly a lot of um, talk, especially after Kyler Murray got his extension and the coaching staff and the general manager as well, uh, that things were going to uh, be improved um, incrementally from last year. They kind of limped into the playoffs last year. Expectations were were that they could get even further this year. just has not materialized at all. I I wonder about those expectations because I They were high. I thought they were. I thought this was a diminished team coming into this. Me too. Not a, I not agree. a better team. I mean, I agree. their best their best pass rusher Chandler Jones is now a Raider. Um, <clears throat> their best receiver is suspended. Their second best receiver from last year, um, Christian Kirk, is now in Jacksonville. Yes, they added one to replace those two. Um, AJ Green is. Um, another year older and he only has eight receptions through five games now, which will tell you how ineffective he's been. Um, Zach Ertz is another year older, although he's continuing to play well. His um, he just has not looked as uncoverable as he has at times early in his career. Um, And I didn't see a lot of ads. Um, I didn't think they had a special draft. I think they're um, you know, there's some, a lot of things to worry about. I, I don't, understand the higher expectations for a team that lost considerable talent i agree i agree i think that a lot of pressure was pl- placed on uh, kyler murray to take a step forward 
uh, he still has some maturity issues as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and just doesn't handle himself well at, at certain times during pressure situations in games. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's fun to watch though. He is fun to watch. No, this he's is a, a, this is a fun is team a, to watch occasionally. He is a young Russell Wilson in terms of his ability to extend plays forever, run around in circles and make defenders look foolish and then find someone open downfield. Um, he is frustrating to have your team play against because you think you've got a sack and somehow it turns into a 30 yard gain. Um, but like I said, like, like, like a wrong, younger Russell Wilson, like we were, we were used to that. Um, and, uh, but he does need to kind of mature into his role as, you know, the face of the franchise and the team leader and all of that. And I yeah. think this off season certainly didn't help him, uh, all these contract negotiations and all of the posturing and all of the stuff it kind of looked like he didn't spend this off season working on getting better. He spent the off season worrying about his contract situation and trying to get traded. And he didn't take that step forward that he needed to. And now a word from our sponsor DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, the, the team's been struggling to score points this year. They're not horrible, but they're not the greatest. They're they're middling. They're, you know, top 15 top 20 type offense still so they do have some ability although they're mm-hmm. down those running backs now they they seem to be edging towards being one dimensional here we'll we'll find out their defense is horrible just like the Seahawks they've allowed 123 points second in the division only to the Seahawks at 154 points allowed overall um and this is going to be a very interesting game i think i think these teams look very similar when they get out on the field, um, able to march the ball down the field. And, and it's, it's a matter of who finishes in the red zone and who keeps the ball, doesn't turn it over. On the mm-hmm. defensive side, Seattle's got some real problems. We've talked about, th- about that extensively. They're, they're ranked virtually in the bottom two teams defensively in almost every statistical category that you can, um, that you can muster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it's, it's just not good. Detroit. Yep. Right. <clears throat> as, as all of the, the defensive problems that Arizona's had, even playing against the Chiefs and, and let, giving up all those points, they've still been better statistically than Seattle has. Yes. Um, I mean, Seattle gave up 45 points to Detroit and, you know, a million yards and all of that. And Detroit turned around the next week and got shut out by the Patriots, which aren't a great team in themselves. They're not a juggernaut. They're just you know, a borderline playoff team and they shut out Detroit. So um, that's the same team that scored 45 on Seattle. So it's, it comes down to whose defense is plays the least worst 
right? The least bad um, right. and makes and, the play. And I'm telling you, I, I have a, a high degree of confidence going into this game for Seattle to continue to have success with Geno Smith in this game. Uh, yeah, Seattle's going to be able to. That matters. Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. They've got two really good, solid running backs in Ken Walker and DJ Dallas that are going to be able to take the the load of the carries. Uh, Travis Homer's now out, um, but but with Walker being able to receive out of the backfield and so forth, I think he's going to get the lion's share yeah. of of the touches in this game, and he's going to carry a, a workload. We're going to actually see him just all of a sudden emerge and get 15 to 20 get, uh, touches in this game, no problem. Oh, I think it's uh, going to be far more than that. Between very he'll, probably, could be. he'll probably get twenty carries and an additional five receptions. Like, it depends on be... the flow of the game. If we fall behind, you got to throw that out the window. But if we're if we have the lead and we hold that lead into the third quarter, yes, absolutely. Or, or yeah, if it's in a if it's in a one score game, because he's he's, he's going to be the guy. There's no Rashad Penny. He's on injured reserve. There's no Travis Homer to come in on third down um, and take snaps away from him. He's on injured reserve. It's um, DJ Dallas who's in there as a special teams guy and will be kind of a change of pace, um, you know, person to kind of fill in there when needed. He's not going to take away a ton of snaps away from Walker. This is Walker's yeah. show. Yeah, and then we've got a, a third guy, Tony Jones Jr., who's up on the roster. Um, Darwin Thompson had some carries in the preseason. Uh, Godwin Ibuaki. Uh, is also on the practice squad as far as being uh, a running back. But uh, Tony Jones Jr., uh, second year out of uh, Notre Dame, is 5'10", 5'11", 215 pounds. So he's got good size to him. Uh, no speed. No, no speed. speed, no agility. Not 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 a great athlete. Um, he is, doesn't have the, the top-end speed that you see by the other backs in Seattle. Doesn't have great agility numbers in terms of his combine stuff. He's in his second year. Um, and he's a guy that, uh, you look, look at his college tape and he, um, would try to run around people and he doesn't have the athleticism to do that. He needs to learn how to, you know, run through people, um, which he does at times, or at least he did in college, but not enough. He needs to throw all, uh, all of the attempts at, at, um, making people miss out cause he's going to fail at this level and just try and run through people, be a short yardage guy. He does two things that Pete Carroll loves. He blocks well in, in pass protection, and he doesn't give up the ball uh, when he does get his opportunities. I think he had yeah. 250 carries in college, something like that, without a uh, fumble. Yep. Uh, so that's that's his attribute. <clears throat> and he also, even though he pass blocks well, he doesn't receive the ball well. He's got kind of stone hands as a catcher. So that makes it a little harder because you're if you have him in there on a passing down and they don't blitz someone, well, what do you do with him? You run him out in a pattern and then, right. you know, take the chance of him dropping a pass. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, we were not going to, we're not, we won't see much of him, right? We both know that. So Seattle's offense is number one overall in DVOA, Keith. I know they are. Isn't that crazy? Now we're 31st overall in DVOA on defense, but overall, when you blend them together, the weighted DVOA for the entire team is ninth in the NFL. That mm -hmm. is crazy to me. That means our offense is really gelling. Uh, and Geno Smith has exceeded expectations on every level. It's it's kind of fun to watch, really. Geno's had some of those plays and those passes and, and moving around in the pocket, making good decisions. I'm really enjoying watching Geno Smith. Yeah, he's done well this year. And um, against this defense that struggles um, to rush the passer, uh, he's Geno's going to have time. 
He's going to be able to, you know, set up, deliver the ball, survey the field. I mean, he's going to look good in this game. Um, and I think Seattle's going to put up some points. Um, I also I know too. that I also think that Kyler Murray is going to make people look foolish on the other side of the ball. And uh, Arizona's going to put up some points. I think this is a team. This is a game that Arizona has circled on the schedule as a get right game. This, they're thinking that this is an opportunity for their offense to kind of work out some of the stuff that's kind of been holding them back mm-hmm. and really kind of unleash Kyler Murray, allow him to move around. Uh, we really don't have a defense that's built to stop him. Uh, obviously, no. we saw Taysom Hill run all over the place. That run pass option stuff is not good for this defense. Um, and and yeah, this defense it'll be is- very interesting to see what what happens with that. Well, one of the things that the Seahawks did do, um, although, you know, as they were trying to figure that out the new scheme and the new personnel and all of that, was they did want speed on defense. So Nuasu and Mafe, even yeah. Taylor, who um, you know, both the middle linebackers, there's there's a lot more speed on this defense than there used to be. And that will give them an opportunity to to chase down um Kyler Murray as he tries to get to the edge and that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's still going to make people look foolish and deliver the ball. He's still going to um, – Seattle's secondary, other than Tariq Woolen, hasn't been good enough. And uh, you ask – you know, you ask these guys to cover for six, seven seconds, and the guys – and they're not going to – they're not going to hold up. People will get open. And um, Kyler Murray has the ability to run around and give his receivers that much time. Uh, this, this could be so. an interesting game, though, because I do see Seattle improving a little bit as far as just pressures. Um, they're not getting to the quarterback as often as we'd like them to. But I think um, if they can dial up some packages uh, this week, this would be the time in the season where I think you start uh, being a little bit more creative and yeah. getting out of you. You're obviously not getting it done with a four-man pass rush. You, you might as well go ahead and send the guy now and again. You've got some pretty decent coverage, at least on one side with Tariq Woolen. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and take a couple of chances if we need to uh, each game and see if we can affect, um, you know, getting to the passer, yeah. disrupting and some the, timing. And the coverage on tight ends got better this last week with the insertion of Ryan Neal at strong safety. And he, he played every work, snap. He's going to have his work cut out for him um, against Zach Ertz. Like he, Zach Ertz is showing his age, but he's still Zach Ertz. He's still second on this team in receptions. And, yeah, and Trey McBride uh, as well. Yeah, so it, it's it's not a, you know, it's not an easy assignment for him, but I'd much rather have him out there in coverage than Josh Jones from what we've seen so far this year. All right, so tell me about a few players, um, doesn't matter, offense, defense, that you're really keying in on today from the Seattle Seahawks that you're kind of excited to see against the Cardinals. Um, actually one of the guys that I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, I mean, obviously this Ken Walker, right? Because we're going to get to see him extensively for the first time, um, you know, this year, cause he's had a few touches here and there, but it's been the Rashad Penny show up until this point. Um, but I'm also, I'm also looking at the possibility of a guy like Noah Fant breaking out and, and really getting an opportunity to, um, put up some, um, you know, some yards and, um, Eskridge, uh, you know, who's only got, um, what is it? 22 total yards between rushing and passing so far this year. At some point, 
he's going to get integrated into this offense better and he's going to start getting balls thrown to him. He's too athletic and too shifty and too quick to continue to be overlooked. And at some point he's going to start getting um, yards if he can stay healthy. And I think against this defense, this might be the time to do it because they don't have the bodies to cover three receivers. They can maybe shut one down. The second one's going to, you know, have a big day. And that third one's going to, have a major advantage uh, talent wise and be able to get open. And I, I think that's going to be where we see um, a guy like Dwayne Eskridge finally step up and, and um, make some, you know, have some meaningful contributions. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that'll be fun. I just watched a little interview um, on Seahawks.com with Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross being interviewed. Uh, That's fun to watch. Those guys are kind of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I fell in love even more with Abe Lucas when he said he was a heavy metal fan. Uh, he said that that isn't very well liked in the locker room. Uh, and uh, one guy came up to him and complained about the music he was listening to. And he was like, come on, man, it's Iron Maiden. Everybody likes Iron Maiden. And uh, apparently, apparently not. Not in the Seahawks locker room. Um, but that's that's fun. I just like like that fact. It just, I mean, he um, kind of fits that mold if you look at him and he talk. He, you hear him talk, and he's just like, he's no nonsense, you know. And I really like that and, about him. Yeah, and the the fact that he will come out and he'll tell that story uh, and that kind of stuff just shows that he's got like some charisma, right? He's not gonna like, he's not gonna talk in cliches and all of that. He's gonna be, he's gonna be real. But at the same time, be funny. And yeah. um, I love that when the interview, you don't yeah. get to hear from the big bodies up front very yeah. often. Well, the, you you should have heard the other one. So the other story he told was about being a freshman in college. And uh, he talked about the the hazing that kind of went on there. And he was like, yeah, all the freshman linemen, we get our heads shaved. It's kind of humiliating. But, you know, I went out there and and I went on social media and and uh, showed my head and he said, but that that's not going to happen here. And I. I, I was like, dude, and they asked the same thing about Charles Cross. So did anything like that happened to you? He said, I'm not talking. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so he was, um, he, I think maybe that was smart. I, I, yeah. for, I foresee some sort of event happening to Abe Lucas this no, year. Um, <laughs> I, I don't actually. Um, the, the type of stuff that happens in, to rookies in the NFL happens during training camp. And it usually has to do with them spending money on food for their teammate. Um, They don't tend to do anything else. I mean, they might, they make guys carry pads and and that stuff. um, And after practice water. Yeah. uh, But they're, yeah, they, they don't, they don't get um, into shaving people's heads and nothing really happens ever after the start of the season. It's all just training camp fun. Um, And if a guy is really like, um, mad and angry about it everyone backs off because that's not the point the point is you know to integrate them into the team and make them feel like a part of things not yeah. not not to make them feel like they're not a part of things um one of the so, other interviews i i saw today was richard sherman interviewing mm-hmm. marshawn lynch and um oh my goodness that that was something and you got to go see it it's just it's one of those things i can't even describe wouldn't even want to i i just can't it's just it's one of those things you just got to watch and hope that you understand like 25% of what Marshawn's saying. Cause there's a lot of it there where it's just like, he's, he's talking to Richard, Richard kind of gets it, but man, nobody else, nobody else could get it. But 
Oh yeah, uh, because they're what they're talking. There, there's an insider knowledge there. There, so they there can, is. Yeah. They can refer to things. And One word that doesn't mean anything to anybody is a key yeah. word to them. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're they're yeah. looking at they're looking at um, you know people are going to be going to be like trying to interpret and whatever, but the, it's guessing. Whereas yeah. those guys, they know. Um, yeah. They've been teammates. They they know what they're talking about. They have this thing. Um, One of the I'm things sure- that that they did talk about Keith that I thought was really interesting, kind of pointed to our show uh, that we did on Russell Wilson is that um, Marshawn came out and in support of Russell Wilson and, and thought it would be a good idea for him to reach out to him uh, just not as a football player, but as a human human being just to make sure he's okay. And I thought that that was totally class act, you know, I just, and he said and he said it more than once too. He was like he came mm-hmm. back to it a couple of times. So, well, I mean, you look at Marshawn. Marshawn's got this bad rep nationally because he wouldn't talk to the media, and that pissed some people off. Um, so they spent their you know a chunk of their career trying to make Marshawn look bad. But um, Marshawn's been a guy that one he's incredibly real. Um, when he's mad, you know he's mad. When he's happy, you know he's happy. There's no, there's no, there's nothing fake about Marshawn. Everything that he is feeling in that moment, you, you know, it's, it's there. Um, and what that, and it comes out in times when he is, you know, on the streets of Oakland, taking care of people, and you know, um, doing stuff like that. Or when he found out that Oakland was losing their team, and so he decided to play one year. Um, for the Raiders in Oakland just to give the fans there something to cheer about. Um, and, you know, he, he he does a lot of stuff for other people that nobody sees. Yeah. He came because, back to Seattle for Pete Carroll. Yeah, he did. And this was after what looked like a very rocky breakup and yeah. him flipping off the sideline and all of that. Um, no, Pete Carroll reached out to him and there were no hard feelings from either side. They were just like, yep, um, we need you. And are you willing to come in and help us out? And he was, and I love it. I mean, I, I get that. He, he admitted the fact that he needed them just as much. Yeah. I mean, which was, which was interesting. Marshawn. Um, I have so much respect for that dude. Like just so much respect for that dude. And it's a lot of it. It's because he's just a real guy. He's just a, there's we comparing him to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is so polished. He speaks in cliches and all of that stuff. He's so polished that he comes off at times as entirely fake. And you don't know what's really, what he's really thinking. He won't let you. Nothing's ever bad. Um, all of right. that. Marshawn's right. the opposite of that. Right. He's not going to lie to you. He might not talk to you, but he's not going to lie to you. And um, yeah, it, it's really hard to not just respect someone who is going to be authentically themselves at all yeah. times. I, I think you would be tickled at this interview. You should check it out and look it up. Oh, I'm um, going to. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned the offensive side of the ball, a couple, uh, three players that you were interested in. How about the defensive side, Keith? Is there well, anything the defense, the defense is- can do in this game to get right? I don't know. Um, the running game of this team, other than um, Murray, is not going to happen because their running backs are all injured. They're signing guys off the street to play. Um, 
And so they're, that's been the biggest weakness of Seattle has been their ability to stop the run. And then when they bring everyone up to try and stop the run, now they don't have enough guys in coverage and they get burned for that. Um, so I think the fact that they're going to be more, more one dimensional, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball. So you're going to be able to turn your pass pressures loose. You're going to be take a guy like um, Daryl Taylor and let him just go after the quarterback and not ask him to defend the run and cover and all those kind of things. Um, and that's good for him because that's what he does well. Right. And what he does well is go forward and get after the quarterback, not go backwards or sideways. And so we're going to be able to see more from him. And honestly, you, um, Kobe Bryant's been playing better. He's like gone through some serious rookie growing pains, but last game I thought he played he's like really played well. physical ball. He's first two fumbles this year already. He's got an act for yeah. the ball. So I like well, not, and not only just that, but just like his his coverage, his ability to be sticky and whatever that he we he didn't really show in weeks one and one, two, and three. He's shown the last couple of weeks, which I've been happy with. Um, you know, and Tariq Woolen, who started out great which so still i'm still so shocked and surprised by how good he's been so early mm -hmm. um but he continues to improve you gotta remember this guy still is learning how to play his position he's only gonna get better um and so i think there's some things to think about you got Artie burns who's um healthy now it should get some playing time opposite woolen uh maybe sydney jones will get some time in there too a little less mike jackson um and I think you can see this as maybe not a get right game, but a get better game where because Arizona is so going to be so one dimensional and not be able to run the ball like they would like. Um, I mean, James Conner is help. still listed as questionable. I mean, he's he's day to day. He's got a rib injury. Um, his status will be known more later in the week. The first injury report comes out Wednesday afternoon um and his status will kind of become clearer as we get closer to friday um and then you the know benjamin's that, the other guy that's able to go and a guy by the name of kinante uh ingram is their mm -hmm. uh, third healthy running back and then they signed a couple of guys uh to the practice squad Corey clement and uh tyson williams so james connor this year is averaging 3.7 yards per carry his long carry is 17. And I think that's primarily because defenses have been able to key in and stack the box against them because of their lack of weapons on the outside. True, and he's also looked slow. If he's never been goes, fast. He's never been fast. Um, he's not that kind of runner. He's a big body, run people over kind of guy. Um, and he's, but he's looked slow compared to last year. It hasn't been a. Um, it hasn't been a good look for him so far this year. I don't know if he's been nursed. I mean, he has, he has the rib injury now, but even at the beginning of the year, like you saw him in that first game, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. um, or didn't, <laughs> they didn't. Oh, yeah. they, they, that fell behind so fast. It was yeah. Kyler Murray all the way, but, um, yeah, but even when he did get carries, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty like it. And it wasn't, um, I mean, the offensive line's bad and that hurts and the lack of weapons on the outside means that you see a lot of strong safeties in the box. Um, but overall, like he just hasn't had a good year. Um, you know, um, Benjamin's actually been their best runner, and you've seen recently him getting more carries. Um, he's got mm -hmm. 30 carries already on the year for 136 yards, which is a four four point five yard average. That's significantly he runs better. Hard. He runs than, hard. He's not the biggest Connor. running back out there, but he's he runs not. hard. He does run hard, and he's he runs behind his blockers well. He plays smart. Um, he sets up blocks well, cuts up through the hole. Uh, yeah. And he's not going to be super elusive. He's going to, you know, 
all of that, but he's gonna he's gonna get some yards here and there. But overall, I don't consider him to be like a, a seriously talented back either. Um, this is a this is an offense that just needs skill position players. Yeah, it's anemic. And, it really is. And a, a week from now, they'll get one. A week from now, they'll get New Hopkins back, and yeah, that'll he's make available a huge in difference. the seventh week. Right, I think yeah. that is correct. So the Seahawks will get get to play this version of the Cardinals now, and in two or three weeks, when they play mm-hmm. the Cardinals again, right. they'll have to they'll, they'll play the new look Cardinals with um, both Nuke Hopkins and uh, Marquise Brown um, at receiver, and that is going to be a bigger challenge because those guys are. Um, Legit. Those guys, those guys are legit. That's that's a, yeah. that's two, um, two guys that can make life difficult for your outside. And if you can't get to Kyler Murray, which is nobody can get to Kyler Murray um, quickly and all the time because he's just too elusive. Those guys will get open, and so it, it's it's gonna get their offense is gonna get better starting a week from now. But right now, playing against um, Seattle. Um, they don't have any of that stuff. Seattle's is it's like I said, it's not a get right game, but they're going to look better this year, this week. I really think they will. Let's uh, let's give it up for predictions, Keith. What do you okay. got? I've got Seattle winning this game twenty four seventeen. Wow, couldn't have predicted that at the beginning of the year. No, but it, well, maybe is, you could. I mean, Seattle wins these games, and we usually lose in Arizona, and and Arizona's three and zero on the road this year. Believe it yeah. or not. Uh, this has more to do. My prediction has more to do with Arizona, and I just don't trust that offense or defense to do enough to win this game. And I'm not expecting a huge thing from Seattle either, right? Uh, I know the defense is bad, but Arizona is that offense that can't quite take advantage of it um, the way other other offenses can. And their defense isn't good. And Geno Smith has been playing way better than anyone expected. Yeah. Um, so I. I just looking at this game, I don't see um I don't see Arizona winning, you know, very often. If if, if these two teams right now play ten times, I would guess Seattle would win seven or eight of them. So a minute ago I said the Cardinals were three and zero on the road. They are two and zero on the road, oh and three at home. Um okay, so they lost to the Chiefs forty four to twenty one. Chiefs had a pretty decent defense. They beat the Raiders twenty nine twenty three. Uh, the Raiders don't have very good defense. Uh, they lost to the Rams twenty to twelve. They had a hard time scoring against the Rams defense, mm-hmm. um, and and the Rams were able to hold them to twelve points. The Panthers they were held to sixteen points, um, the or Panthers they held the Panthers good. to sixteen. I, excuse me, and uh, and scored twenty six. But the Eagles held mm-hmm. to seventeen points. The Eagles are a complete team, twenty mm-hmm. to seventeen. This is going to be a close game. Um, I just, I, I think all games for Seattle this year are going to be close. And it really is one of those who has the ball last, who can outscore the other team's defense and, and can our offense outscore teams because our defense is really just going to, I think, struggle all year to kind of keep points down. Um, so I do, I, I think that the Cardinals come away with this game. Um, okay. that was a hard game last, last week for the, the Seahawks against the Saints. I, I just felt like, you know, Seattle kind of gave up one there and maybe there's a little bit of a letdown and, um, there's something about the Cardinals defense that, that makes things tough, that, that makes it harder than usual. And, and seemingly, uh, you should be able to move the ball against them and, and, and struggle at times to do that. Um, so I'm going to go, 
27 to 17 Cardinals. Wow. Yeah, double, we fall off a little bit. I, I know that, you know, Seattle's been putting up points. I average in over 30 points a game. I just don't see that in this game. I think it's going to be, you know, we may score, you know, in the 20s, but I think the Cardinals are going to be able to score in this game. Probably put up over 30 points on us. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so you're you're predicting a letdown. That's a little Seattle, bit of a letdown. Yeah. Seattle's played well the last um they're they're one and two in the last three weeks, but the offense has played well. The defense yes. has done some okay yes. things, um, just not enough of them. Uh, and at this point, there there is a letdown game now that they're home, and they um, get the score run up on them a little bit. That's what I feel. I I can't I I, I cannot make a case against you. I'm just looking um, pure, you know, on paper X's and O's, and yes. and I. A week from now, I think Arizona wins this game handily because I think they can create enough matchup problems against Seattle that the defense just folds like they did against like they did against um, uh, Detroit two weeks ago. There's just enough matchup problems that the defense just fell apart all over the place. Yeah, these are tough. These are, are tough four weeks, five weeks for the Seahawks. You know, mm-hmm. Cardinals visit Seattle. Then we have to go to San Diego, not San Diego. Sorry, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, and then the Giants come into town. Giants are playing well this year. There's just something about that team now. They've uh, gone from being poorly coached to well coached. Very well coached, it, and, and it's amazing. It's what a, and, what a difference coaching makes, and and an infusion of just that one more year of talent. Um, and then the the Buccaneers in Germany. Uh, who knows, right? Who knows? And then that's a, a bye week after that. So these um, these five games to me tell the tale mm-hmm. of the the rest of the season and how the rest of the season goes. If we play well and and somehow eke out three out of the next five, I mean, who knows what can happen with the rest of the year? And we may end up backing into this uh, uh, all of a sudden weak NFC West conference. Well, yeah, because um, but, you're at that you're in you're at five and five uh, with seven games to go, and yeah. you're looking at okay, what can we do to put um, you know to put a run together and 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 make the playoffs? Because the the NFC is not strong. There's not a lot of good teams. Um, if you're looking at um, Green Bay and San Francisco as probably the best two teams in yeah. the um, in the conference, and there just isn't a lot behind them. So let me, let me, I'm just going to run through the, the schedule just really quick. So we've got Cardinals, Chargers, Giants, Cardinals, Bucks, Raiders, Rams, Panthers, 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, Rams. That's, that's a tough schedule. I mean, there's two, two games in that entire schedule that we should be favored, maybe. And that's everything be, else is either a draw or we're going to be. It, it's going to be this week and um, the Jets. Yeah, and the Panthers possibly. Maybe, yeah. And Matt Rule was just fired. Matt Rule is just fired, so we'll see what happens uh-huh. um, to them and, and whether that team goes in the tank or not. Um, but all the other games, well, even the Jets. Jets are well coached. The, the, you know, who knows? That's the, the, the January 1st. I don't know where the Seahawks are going to be at that point. If they're fighting, then maybe that's a competitive game. If not, season could be over by the yeah. time if you've got seven or eight losses in the next 10 weeks. The Jets are a much better team this year. Um, that doesn't make them good. But they are not the pathetic rollover that they've been in the past. 
um, they are a much better team. And Robert Saul has done a great job um, getting those guys to buy into what they're doing. I still think there's a talent deficit, but they're not. Again, this is a team that went that's gone from poorly coached to well coached here in a couple of years, um, and that team's on the right trajectory. The same, yeah. it's very similar to um, what we were saying about Detroit. I I love yeah. what Dan Campbell's been doing in Detroit. Yeah. It's funny after they beat the, you know, the, they uh, lost to the Seahawks, but we ran up tons of uh, points there. They got shut out in the very yeah. next game. Yep. That's, that's uh, the crazy NFL, isn't it? It is. But I think also for them, that was a bit of a letdown game because you put up 45 and lose. It's hard to get up and ready for that next game. Um, after you put up 45 and lose. So yeah. I think that that. Well, that's why I'm looking at the Seahawks going, you put up 32 points and that's, that's, and still. But, didn't do but, enough on defense put up 32 points and, and lost by a touchdown. So, um, you're, you're absolutely right. They could absolutely, this could absolutely be a letdown game for Seattle and just where they just come in and let a team that they should be competitive with just walk all over them. And yes. then they get a gut check and they come out the following week with more fight, but yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, had a great week. Good shows, Keith. Thanks great for shows. all the conversations and analysis and all that good stuff. You can find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at MWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Uh, find us on uh, our uh, Seahawks Playbook YouTube channel. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and share it with all your friends and family. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.